Uh, so Peter Chris has a website, or had a website, sure. maybe 10 or 15 years ago, that mm -hmm. was where he wrote eulogies to other drummers that had died. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they were so, I don't know how I ended up looking at it one day, but they were really poorly written and just okay. like, really crappy. And I sent him this email mm -hmm. that was like, his email address was like catman at AOL.com or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I sent him this email, it was, this was 12 years ago, because I was 19, I was, I was working as an, I was a math teacher, like an adult educator at an uh, adult learning program, teaching mm -hmm. math. And I wrote him this email, I was like, hey, like, I found your website, I think because I was Googling the drummer from the Dead Boys, mm -hmm. and I was like, uh, I'm an adult educator, and if you want, I can teach you how to read. <laughs> and and I, yeah. I sent the email, and then the, yeah. like an hour later, I felt really bad about it, yeah. and I, I started feeling all this guilt and shame. And my mm -hmm. friend Noah was like, "Peter Chris does not care yeah. about that email. Can't get over it." Uh -huh. But like, mm -hmm. if if he had wrote back and was sad, mm -hmm. I would have been devastated at like my my power in the world to harm this person. You know, like sure. you don't want to do that. You want to hurt some guy's yeah. feelings, even if it's Peter Chris. Mm -hmm. You know, with maybe Peter Chris is still working on that email. You can't actually read or write. <laughs> Maybe he's still slowly making his way through it. <laughs> it's like, you, you might get it six months from now. You did that how long ago? <laughs> 12 years ago. 12 years ago, he might almost be done with it. Yo, what's good, New York? It's the Harvester Colin Atrophy, a.k.a. the Pepperoni Prince, a.k.a. the Parmesan Principessa, a.k.a. King of Crust, a.k.a. Queen of the Pizza Scene. I encompass multitudes. And guess what? Welcome to February's issue of Radio Harvester Audio Fanzine. I guess that's what it's called now. What we talk about when we talk about pizza. This February, I turned 32. It was my birthday. It was awesome. I hired an Elvis impersonator. He sang to me and all my friends. He was a little needy, but what are you going to do? Uh, I liked him overall. Anyway, as a birthday present to me from the universe, my guest this month is a true hero of mine. Like a real deal, legit true hero of mine. I'm not just being fatuous and complimentary. This is Tom Sharpling, the man himself from The Best Show. Which, uh, if you don't know, The Best Show was a radio program for 13 years on WFMU. Uh, and uh, now he's grinding it out at a studio he built himself at an undisclosed location, a secret spot in the uh, bowels of the state of New Jersey. And uh, it's happening every week, once again. And those of us who have been listening for all these years, I started listening in 2004. I started listening to this show. That's 11 years ago I started listening to this radio show. I've been listening to this guy every week for 11 years. And I got to sit down with him, and that was amazing. And he took me to a place called Pizza Time Restaurant in Avenel, New Jersey. Where the hell's that? I don't even know. I don't know Jersey. But we ate there, and it was awesome, and it was so cool, and I'm so happy, and I can't even talk a sentence. All right, here we go. Like, but they know that they do. They do their thing. 
and they're just like, they've been here forever. Yeah, so I did a fanzine called 18 Wheeler back in um, probably like 1990 was when it started, 8990. Whoa. Something like that, yeah. A long time ago. But that was, because I was into music and, but I didn't have any aptitude for being in a band or anything like that, or I didn't want to even try that stuff. Like it just didn't speak to me at all. Like making music was not interesting to me, so right. but I wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah, fanzine was the way to go, and just kind of did did uh, I think like four issues of it, and then by that point I started putting records out for a label. The label was called Eighteen Wheeler, and then then got on WFMU. It's like fanzine started and then the label started fanzine stopped when I got on WFMU and the label stopped when I got on so, so like each thing kind of brought you to the right. next thing and brought me to the next thing and then I didn't need to do the previous thing anymore so but it was funny because the fanzine it was already like doing like trying to do like conceptual things in it like we did like a like there's this, you know who Dave Rick is by any chance? He was a guitarist who was in uh, all kinds of bands in New York, and so instead of interviewing him, I did like a like a roast of him, and I had his friends write things about him for the issue. So I was already trying to do like funny things that maybe had more of a place somewhere other than a fanzine, right? But but it was it was fun, kind of funny that I could see the roots of other stuff out of that. Totally. I just didn't want to be in the music business necessarily because that's right. where you get, you get to that point where you're just like, all right, what am I doing with this? So I stopped putting records out, stopped doing the radio show. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta focus on writing, focus on kind of the comedy side of things, sure. rather than the music side of things. Cause just, you get that. I never thought I was going to go back to WFMU when I left. I thought I was done forever. When did your show there? When did you start being here? I started in '94. I started overnights in '94. Stopped in about '98. Whoa! So that was a good, good enough run there of just a regular music show. But then it was like, yeah, all right, this is not going to be my future. So then I stopped, and then little did I know at that point couple years later I'd go back and then right. I, I would figure something out that would be my future or could be my future but it's just it's, it's funny I never thought I would have come back there ever nobody's ever gonna mistake me for like a hardcore punk or whatever but it's still when you're just it's a DIY thing it, right. just doesn't it's it almost doesn't matter how far on the spectrum you are with things if you're like really if you're really just like I gotta do this myself because it's the way it has to get done and I can't trust anybody else to do it or there's no infrastructure for somebody to do this. I can't even get plugged into a thing. Right. It's like, but I want this thing to exist. So that's how you make, that's what, that's where that comes from. And um, it's funny just because now I'm doing the exact same thing again. Now right. as in a, like, I'm way, sometimes I feel just like way too old. I'm just like, well, I guess I'm building a thing again. I did a fanzine, 
in my 20s now in my 40s i'm going to build a radio studio without out of pocket and you know just like it's funny but it just but when you have that in you though you don't feel like um i think like the two things it's like kind of coming up like coming up like without you know whatever you want to call it money or privilege or whatever just kind of like on the lower end of middle class life like that and then coming out of a family that's self-employed like where everybody starts their own businesses and then when when you can take control of a thing it's like then you just end up like you're not as vulnerable as these other people are if something kind of like goes belly up you can think your way out of a thing and you can be like no I'll do it well I'll do whatever it takes there's no job that's beneath me on these things and and just nobody's below me or above me we're all doing a thing to get a thing done and but you're just not scared of of uh the the like the hiccups and the and the the curveballs that get thrown at you when you try to do something because you're just like okay well let's figure it out but other people who don't come from that background there's just like I quit. I can't do this. Or they're just like, oh, what are we going to do? And then they lose it. And then they're just like in a panic. It's just like, well, no. You, let's just sort it out. And I think that's the best thing I could have gotten out of that whole DIY thing. It's like, even when I'm shooting a music video, like I'm directing a music video, or if I'm even directing like a commercial, like, and it's like, I can still just, roll, I can just trust that I can think my way out of a thing without being in a panic because you kind of just learn how to do that when you come from like that's what the that's what the whole that that whole aesthetic got me I feel the best one of the best things out of it was that it's just that yeah you know you can count on yourself I will rationalize if I like if I feel like I'm working Mm mm-hmm and I deserve it. Mm-hmm. I will rationalize for those bananas behaviors. Just sure. Like. And I'm pretty good with, if anything, I punish. My, I'm I'm too hard the other way, where I with like withhold constantly on myself. So for me to get to that point, it has to be pretty um, pretty bleak for me to just be like, no, you're going to get something to satisfy you right now. And like working this, I was working this job over the summer. When it was not fun, it was the worst, but when it was fun, it was fun, and there was one really bad day. I felt that thing of just like, I just, I never feel that thing of just like, I need a drink. Like, I I don't, I'm not a really, I'll drink like a few times a year, but I'm not a drinker, and, but I was like, wow, I feel that thing now of just like, I need to just change my state right now, and we went to this bar, started drinking, and then there was like a TV playing in the corner and there was like a Dairy Queen commercial came up and it was like Midtown New York. It's just like, and my friend's like, uh, man, look at that Sunday on that thing. <laughs> like, look at that Sunday. Like, I was like, yeah, man, look at that. And then he's like, checks his phone. He's like, yeah, there's a Dairy Queen six blocks from here. Like we can get, we can make it there. If we hurry, we can make it there. So we start, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Dairy Queen. So we start walking and then he's like, you know what? Not going to Dairy Queen. Going to this place, Max Brenner's. Do you know this place? Um, It's around, it's around Union Square. Yeah, I've seen it. 
I've never been inside there. It's like this chocolate. It's like a dessert factory. It's like the. It's like. So we go there, and um, we uh, and, and we just order like these like fourteen dollar Sundays. We're just like I get like this s'mores Sunday, and I was just like. <laughs> I'm like, I got a little bit of a buzz on, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll get some more Sunday. And they each got something just equally stupid. And I'm just eating, and I was just like, just trying to satisfy that thing. It's like, well, something make me feel good now for a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Please. I just and feel it's just so like, but, but then you just, inside. yeah, but a sun, a, a s'more Sunday came close, did not do it though. <laughs> it just, that s'more Sunday was so good, and then I felt, I never felt so just shameful. There's that point when you eat stuff like that, and then it's just like, I could pull the plug on this right now, but that would mean not eating all of it. Yeah, and I have integrity. So, yeah. And you, I, sometimes I'll get to that mindset where it's just like, finishing anything is an accomplishment. We're just like, look, I know I take care of business. I get the job done. Yeah. I'm gonna finish this Sunday. Yeah, exactly. What am I, what am I, a slacker? No, I gotta finish this. Yeah, I got a good work, yeah. ethic, work ethic. So I, so I finished it and just like, the, that's the lowest feeling, walking back through New York. Like going through just like, <laughs> through like 20th Street and you just ate this Sunday and you're just like, oh, what am I, how did, like, I'm off target here. Like, we gotta right the ship. And it's like turning around like a oil tanker where it's like, it takes miles for the thing to change one degree. But it's like, we are off target, but even if we change one degree on this and it takes miles, I gotta do it. I can't go down this road yeah. eating s'mores Sundays as some sort of way out. That's not gonna fix anything. Not fixing a single thing. No. The, the day after I finished my book, mm -hmm. I watched 18 straight hours of Vampire Diaries. Okay. I ate yeah. three cheesesteaks that I had delivered to me. <laughs> uh huh. And I did this from noon, I finished my book on a Thursday night, from mm -hmm. noon Friday till like, I don't know, 5.45, 6 a.m. on yeah. Saturday morning, I watched uh -huh. Vampire Diaries. Then I had to be at work mm -hmm. at eight on Saturday. Yeah opening the diner for mm -hmm. a horrible Williamsburg brunch. Yeah. And and I was laying on my bed at like 4.30 on my third cheesesteak <laughs> with my cat was eating mm -hmm. steak off of my body, like off my chest <laughs> and it fallen off the sandwich. Mm -hmm. I was reclining, not even trying not yeah, to yeah. get food in my bed. No. I was just like, you earned this. Yeah. You wrote a book. You yeah. can change your sheets later. Yeah. And, and I, and I kind of was like, oh no. Yeah. This is a bad place to be. I yeah. need to. No, you were going through like, what's that movie? <coughs> the Purge? <laughs> it was like, it's like, that's what you were, that was your version of The Purge. Instead yeah. of you going around killing people, you're just like, all right, I'm gonna watch 18 hours of Vampire Diaries and eat three cheesesteaks. It's yeah. all three of my meals. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> one no, you one every six hours. You had yeah. to do it though. Yeah, I did have to do it. Everybody's gotta do The Purge once in a while. Yeah, totally. Just like. I know this is not right. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's more wrong than right. But I need this right I now, need it, yeah. and I'm going to do it. And it's the kind of thing that it's when you find yourself like 
four days later being like, man, I've been eating nothing but cheesesteaks. It's like, well, that's when you're going, that's when you have to fix something. What happened to you? You're not the same. There's something in your head. It's in your head. It's in your head. It's in your head. Fill up. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You guys, that really happened. I really sat and hung out with Tom Sharpling and now he's my friend. And that is literally something that I have been daydreaming about. The eventuality when me and Tom Sharpling will be friends. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but I wasn't sure when. And now I'm excited that it finally did. You know what I mean? The the cards play out like they play out. And then that happens. So, um, I want to thank Rabies uh, for yelling, bus it. I want to thank uh, JBJ, that's John Bon Jovi, for being so handsome and for playing that blue-collar heartthrob on Sex in the City. I want to thank Ian Mackay for um, inventing punk integrity. I want to thank Tom Sharping, Sharping, Tom Sharpling, obviously, for being such a mensch, uh, for busting it all these years, uh, working hard with with no reward really, except for people's admiration. I want to recommend that you all follow him on Twitter and all that stuff, at Sharpling, and listen to The Best Show every week, Tuesday from 9 to midnight. You go to uh, thebestshow.net to do that. Also, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. We need those numbers, dogs. Uh, and finally, thanks to R.D. Reed Dunley, my puff daddy. Thanks to DJ Bosch for a million good ideas for editing this month and for airing the show on Infinite Distortion. And uh, F. Billy Joel, F. Your Negative Attitude. We are the punks. <laughs>